joining us from Dallas. Johnny, fantastic game, and you get a reward. Paul Bizanet <laughs> is up first with his question. Johnny Hockey, any uh, anything from Sutter after you score that goal when you get back to the bench? Nope, not a word. <laughs> Come on, he didn't say, you think he's saving it for post game or in the plane or what? No, nothing. He just came in and said, "Good game, best of three. That's it." And then walked out. So. No fist bump. Not even a uh, fist no. bump. Nothing. <laughs> what up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames. New episodes every Sunday. Johnny Goudreau's my dad. That's, I'm just going to put yeah. that first and foremost. Because that was dead ass the game of his life last night. He was buzzing. Like, absolutely buzzing and to all the people that said that he disappeared this playoffs and he's not bringing it and blah 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 other than markstrom he's probably been our best player it's like it's it's goodrow and like trevor lewis bro and like brett Ritchie when he's in the lineup like literally and you don't understand how relieved i am that we cranked out this win because if we lost last night, we're sitting here having a completely different conversation with a completely different tone and a completely different vibe. Um, yeah. We talked about this a little bit, like, in the Klingberg video we made, but, like, game one, the first 10 to 12 minutes of the first period, that was the Flames hockey that we've seen through 82 games this year under the foundation yeah. that Daryl Sutter has built here. Yeah. Um, Game two, it was like the boys played nervous. It was like they were trying to do too much individually that they it took away from their team game as a whole. Man, like, okay, we, we, we posted a video talking about Klingberg, but, like, let's not pretend like he wasn't in the team's head for, like, the first, you know, for games two and three, right? Like, I mean, game four is the first game that he never fought anybody. Like, if we finally left him alone and we got to our game, and look how it turned out. Even, like, game three, Kachuk fights him, right? And immediately everyone's like, well, why is Chucky fighting? Which I agree with. I don't want him to be fighting because he's more effective for us when he's on the ice. But at the same time, like, you look at the physicality level in games two and three, there was no physicality being dished out from any of the big boys. So why are you mad at Chucky fighting when you have guys like Lucic and Zadorov and Goodbranson doing nothing back there? Yeah. In terms of the physical aspect, that's how I saw it, I guess. I thought Lucic and Lewis were great last night. Um, I, they, had, they had good game ones and they had good game fours. Actually, Lewis had a good game three. <laughs> like, yeah, um, Lewis game three. And pretty much the whole team struggled in game two, right? Like that game's hmm. just kind of – you couldn't really get anything going. Yeah, that was that was a write-off. And then game three was <laughs> I don't know how to talk about game three, man, because it almost felt like for the most part they were okay. But then with all the penalty trouble, momentum shifted to Dallas, and it was like, okay, like stop taking penalties. And even Michael Backlund last night, like, bro, well, that was I swear, like, he was going to be the death of me in that third period. Like, when Tyler Sagan scored, I literally flipped my shit. I was like, that is your fault. The holding penalty that he took? Yeah, that oh. was absolute garbage. 
But I mean, the Flames did what they had to, right? Yeah. They snuck past Ottinger and they shut down Joe Pavelski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, pretty. He's to be like. Mm-hmm. We didn't let Pavelski get a shot through last night. That, no, that's huge because this yeah. guy is literally who I see in my nightmares. Like he's like he's killer, and it's not even funny. Yeah, like it's it's genuinely concerning. Like we we touched on game one a lot in the Klingberg video. Shots were twenty six to sixteen in favor of the Flames. Hits were thirty four to twenty. See, that's the game I like to see when you have a bunch of big boys on your roster. Like that's 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 the benefit that you got in that domain. Block shots were 14 to 9 in favor of the stars. Faceoffs were 56 to 44 in terms of the flames in percentage, obviously. <laughs> power play went <laughs> five. You know, that was the only goal that was scored that night. It was a power play goal. PK yep. went five for five, absolutely perfect. I'll take that stingy effort from game one. <laughs> and I want to say like. Like the stars did a good job grinding it out in game one. And I felt that like the most notable players that were like the most, I would call them X factors that night. I'd say they were Kachuk, Dubé, Coleman, and pretty much the fourth line. Like they played a really good game in game one. And then game they, two and three happened. No. And the middle six just three games in we're sitting here talking about our second and third lines combining for zero points. Yep. Like every we've traded for everything that we've tried to build up for the playoffs is not there. Right. Um, I don't touch on that game one. Uh, like, I don't know. They played well, but the, I think the reason so many fans were so scared about this fourth game is because it was 2019 flashbacks, right? Like you beat Colorado in 2019, get one and shut them out. The flames do the same thing. And then you lose two in a row. And that's when like, you know, you start to sweat as a flames fan. We, we've been in this situation before. We know how it feels and we've never seen our team come out on top. And this is why, like, this is why I don't blame fans that, wanted to overreact after game three. Like I get it. I do. But at the same time, like I wasn't ready to throw in the towel just yet. So a few of those comments were kind of pissing me off a bit. I was like, Hey guys, like let's see how tonight goes. It's tight yeah. series. The same people that are sitting here saying no hope, no hope are going to be breathing a sigh of relief. They will be. Um, it suddenly turned into a best of three with us having home ice. We need to yeah. head into game five tomorrow night and play the way we did last night because last night was how we played all season. We fucking took it to them. Absolute domination. Okay. No. That was a dominant effort. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. Facts. And don't even bring it back to Calgary for seven. Right. Oh no. Get it done. I, I want it done on Friday in Dallas. Yep. One. Stomp them. Stomp them on home ice on Wednesday. And then go back into that barn and absolutely shut the crowd up and just take over the game. Like it's just the difference in vibe. Like people could say, like, oh my god, Flames fans are so bipolar. Yeah, we are. Fuck we are. <laughs> we are. Let it let it let it sink in. Because yeah. you look at um 
like, okay, the conversation after game three was like, you had Eric Francis asking Blake Coleman about Johnny Goudreau's game. I'm like, why don't you ask Blake Coleman about Blake Coleman's game, bro? Up until that point, it was literally what? Two five-on-five goals were scored. One from Lindholm set up on that little tic-tac-toe. And then Trevor Lewis. Like, there are more questions here than just, is Johnny Goudreau showing up? I get that star players get the headline. But when you're second and third line combined for zero points, three games (laughs) in. There, that's not what you should be honing in on. This isn't the NBA where you target one guy. Like, again, Eric Francis would be a great NBA analyst because you can sit and target one guy, and that's how it works over there. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and they did get involved in game four, right? Like, Yarncroke had an assist. Mm-hmm. Backlund had a goal, even though it was an empty netter, and it really could have been. Holy, Holy had an assist. He had an assist, and he got so many shots on goal, it wasn't even funny last night. Dude, I like, hey, I get where people are coming from with that save in the first on Ottinger that, like, okay, Toffoli has to have that. Like, I'm not feeling bad for him. But low-key, I kind of am because you know that if his confidence was up, he would have that. It's a balance. He looks good last night. There was so many shots that he got on net that were – Really high danger. He he had his nose around the net all game. Um, it's going to come to him. He's going to get one through here. I, I I really liked his game last night. And I mean, speaking speaking of high danger, we had twenty five high danger chances last night. Twenty five on five. You know what? If games two and three were as Daryl had alluded to so many times during the season, of this team needs to go through some sort of growing pain. Because yep. they need to learn to play the right way. If games two and three were like the learning curve, and then they come out game four in a do or die situation and do that, fire me up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Was, that was insane, man. That the was Flame had 20 shots in the first period, and then 40 by the end of the game, I think. Yeah. Like, or like damn close to. Yeah, like shots shots by the end of the game were 54 to 35. Talk about opening things up. We're sitting here talking three games in about, oh, my God, this series is so boring. No, it's not. It's stressful. Yeah. Because of how tight it is. And then we come yeah. in. Not only do we win the game, but we, we're sniping shots, dude. Did you see Lindholm's fucking celly after he – oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I can't get over Johnny's goals. Like, I literally oh. – I like creamed in the bar. I, <laughs> dude, I <laughs> literally though, like I sat there and I was like, this is literally the biggest goal of his career. Like as a flame, like this it was the biggest. <laughs> I was there with my buddy and I, I said to him, I was like, he just can't shoot. He's got to make a move. And what does he do? Makes a beautiful backhand move. And just five hole. Oh my god! I started like yelling and screaming, and oh, he didn't only just not shoot; he commit murder on the national stage. <laughs> he could have gone shelf too. That's the funny thing. But decided to just nah embarrass you and put it back between your legs, oh, like man. <laughs> man. And I was genuinely terrified to see how Johnny was going to come back because Nemestikov clocks him early in the first and he got up kind of groggy and it immediately reminded me of the Jamie Ben Kachuk incident in the bubble. Albeit yep. that hit was a lot stronger and it took yep. Kachuk out of the series, but 
seeing that last night, I was like, for the love of God, he's dizzy. No, 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 no. Not like, no, I don't like, I sat there and I was like, I, I wasn't because he did get out there on the ensuing power play. Yeah. But after shift on the power play then he went down to the locker room yeah so after that i was kind of like oh no he like gave it a spin and isn't feeling great now he's got to go to the locker room i i even snapped to you i think and i was like uh, yeah it doesn't look like johnny's coming back and then as soon as i send it they're like and johnny goudreau is back on the bench i'm like never mind don't listen to me like i <laughs> <laughs> like man he he came back out and was like okay you're trying to take me out Fuck you. I'm about to take you out. Absolute <laughs> monster last night. That was literally like you look at his like shot maps and like where he was generating. And I'm just like, this man was yeah. going crazy last night. I want to hear one more thing about how Johnny Goudreau is not a playoff performer. Please, please. I know. He, he's been our best player other than once again, I'm going to give some love to Jacob Markstrom because he was fantastic again last night. Oh, um, like Mar- Markstrom, you need you need the rock back there. And Markstrom, shout out to our boy. He's a Vesna finalist officially. Yeah. It's just Durkin and Saros. That's good enough for me. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the year some goalies had, that's about all you can take, right? So Exactly. And, I mean, that thing is also voted off by GMs, not stupid-ass writers. Like, the fact that Eric Francis gets a heart ballot is just ridiculous. But, okay. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, man, I, I'm just so relieved that we're talking about a tied series right now. Oh, my God. Like, I, I'm i telling you, like, I left my feet last night. I literally – like, you know, remember that game we played when we were kids? Like, Jetpack Joyride? That was me every time I jumped. Yeah. Like <laughs> – like I, I hit a new level of vertical. Like I'll go back to high school and redo my fitness tests because, like, wow. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think people like quite realize the difference in what this episode would have been if we didn't win last night, dude. If we didn't win last night, I'd be crying right now on camera. <laughs> yeah, game three, like Trevor Lewis again, him and Luch combined for a pretty gutsy five-on-five goal. That was Lewis from Luch and Zadorov. Um, then Lindy's with a snapshot that perfectly – see, like, I love that play, but it's so indicative on a perfect shot that I'm just like, could you learn another tic-tac-toe, please? Like, could we try <laughs> cross-scene just something, yeah. something? Because I sit there and I'm like, if that's red, that's not going in. But it's – like it's not red like 70% of the time because Lindy's a beaut. But like yeah, I still am sitting there like that's a really easy game tape for them to, you know, to stop that from that being a thing. And he's even that's the go-to on the power play, too. That's what bothers me. It's like oh, learn every like do something, do something else. Kirk Muller, what are you doing, bro? Please, like, like how <laughs> they were not kidding when they were like, Oh, don't get excited about Kirk Muller. Like our power play sucked ass. I was like, oh. Okay, and then I watch our power play this year. I'm like, could we do something that's not that, please? Like, you, we yeah. have the firepower on the ice to make the power play more deadly. And I mean, like, if the power play does become more deadly, like, we're talking about a lot, an, an easier path to get out of this round and potentially even through round two if you can get your power play clicking. Like, it's a genuine – it'd be a genuine boost for a team. Five on five. 
with how much the refs are calling in these postseasons, um, you really do got to get your power play going. You can't rely on the five on five. You got to find a way to make that click. And uh, yeah, I mean, like Toffoli, I, I thought he's I thought he's looked really good on power play one. Like I said, especially last night, mm-hmm. he was dangerous. But um, I I don't know, man. That second unit has got to do something. That's that's the thing for me. The second unit has got to do something. I don't remember the last time that our second power play unit scored a goal. Like February? Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like, um, <laughs> I, like, man. And then Pavelski comes in and scores two goals. Like, I, dude, I, oh, my God. Like, just there's an alternate universe somewhere out there where Joe Pavelski was acquired by the flames and it just didn't come to fruition. I don't know how many times I talked about it since we started this channel. Like, Oh my God, bring this guy in that way. I don't have to sit and watch him go off on us in the playoffs. And then I was like, Oh, it's okay. We're going to get Nashville. I don't have to deal with Joe Pavelski. And then Nashville's wishing they got us right now. Oh yeah. I mean, like, Joe Pavelski is literally the Calgary Flames killer. Like, like this guy literally made his bread and butter off of making us miserable. Like, it's... For years, he has tortured this franchise and fan base. It is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And do, do what you did to him last night. You focused up on him. You didn't let him do absolutely anything. Yeah. And... Carry that over through game five and six, and you can take the series. Because if like if they play the way they played last night for the next two games, like fucking plan the parade, bro. I'm not even joking. Like, no, that was the bread and butter of the foundation of what we've been building through 82 games this year. And it was yep. unbelievable to see. Carry that over to tomorrow night at home and walk into Dallas with the series lead, please. Enough yeah. with the inconsistency. Like, you got to get your game, play the game that you want to play, and you can't lose it. You don't have time in these seven-game series to throw a few games away and play a different style of hockey. You got to play the way that you played all year right now. Yeah. um, In that game three, what did you think of the good goal call on that Lewis goal? Because I know people have been talking about that one, and it was a little iffy. Uh, even personally, I'll say it was a little iffy. The overhead angle makes it look a lot worse than it really was, I think. I think so, too. Um, yeah, I, I thought the goal should have counted. I was on that side. Uh, yeah. Because in the rule book, and I'll pull it up here, but in like first and foremost, I think the important part to look at there is when you watch the replay, like Lucic, tries to avoid Ottinger. I know that the broadcast was saying he didn't do anything to avoid contact. That's false. I don't know what you saw, but you can clearly see him trying to steer away first and foremost. And the contact with Ottinger happened just outside the crease, which yep. according to the rule book, uh, that allows Ottinger time to recover if incidental contact is not happening in the blue paint. So that was the reason why it was called a goal. It was, I guess, very close. I like, you look at the replay, it could have gone really either way, even with the usage of that rule. And 
Man, did we need that one though? <laughs> like, thank you for calling that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was close. Um, but I did think that Ottinger had enough time to mm-hmm. like he obviously didn't do it, but I thought if he wanted to, he had enough time to kind of get ready for whatever rebound was laying around. But mm-hmm. instead he decided to flop around like a fish and get a call. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah. I mean yeah, no, that's I, I don't think there should be much more, I think, debate around that if there is. I thought that it was identical to how they called the Landis Cog goal earlier in the day. Uh, yeah. they, so at least the league was being consistent with how they were dishing that out that night. No. Um, if only they could be consistent about their about other things, but thank you for at least trying to look competent for 24 hours. The story in game three, right? Like Backlin is losing defensive zone draws, and that led to a goal. Coleman takes a penalty, leads to a go- leads to the game winner. Like Hannafin was a giveaway machine in game three. He was absolutely panicked, and I was like, "Calm down, Hanny, please." Like you've had a great season, okay? For those of you comparing him to Dougie Hamilton's career high here, who was two points away from Dougie Hamilton's career high. Like, yeah. let's. Cool the Jets. It looked like everyone in game two and three just played panicked hockey. They, they were like, oh, my God, what do we do? We took okay. game one. How do we keep this up? I just think that, like, the inner workings within the headlines, like, you don't see them actually headlined on, like, a title. But the inner workings with how the media is trying to play off the whole Gaudreau narrative, it's like, again, you had Backlund, Coleman, Toffoli, Arncrook, Dubé, and Manjapani combined for – Zero through three games. But Johnny Goudreau misses one breakaway and everyone loses their damn minds. Yeah. I Even, like, people I was still talking, like, with on the day of game four were like, why didn't Johnny, like, make a move or why didn't he go high? I'm just, you're still talking about this? Like, are you fucking kidding me? We got dominated in games two and three and nobody wants to talk about that. They want to talk about a missed breakaway. Come on. Like, like get the hell out of here. Like what, what are you honing in on? You know what I mean? Like you look at after last night, right? There is zero reason why the flames can't steamroll them in in six now. No, like zero reason why they can't. Um, That's why I'm so that Johnny scored shot. Because if he misses that, the media, the fan base, everyone is going to be on his ass. Like, just, you suck. You can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. When he literally has been our best forward in these playoffs. Let's talk about the game day feeling last yesterday. Uh, morning skate lines come out that Brett Ritchie's on the second line. Everyone just starts <laughs> losing their minds after that. and. I just remember looking on Twitter and people were like, yeah, we're done. No hope. No hope. I was getting like DMs, like no hope. I'm like, you realize that there's a very high chance. Daryl is literally trolling here, right? Like he's trying to ease the pressure off and he's trolling. Like that's what's happening here. And then he comes out, does his press. He's like, oh yeah, the lineup is a very fluid situation. I'm like, you, like I sat there, I'm like, you literally had Twitter in shambles. For like five hours. And then you watch last night and he wasn't kidding in calling the lines 
a fluid situation. Like, I, I know what he was saying, but Daryl was literally just trolling the media. Like, he's just oh. trying to not like food, not have people be so worried, right? Like, and then, yeah, he comes out with 11 forwards and 7D in his fluid situation. Michael Stone season, baby. Guns I, amazing. I, he's just always shooting the puck. Always. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I did. Like, I genuinely love it. I was like, if Michael Stone scores, he's going to have more goals than our middle six. Like, yeah. Like, if, like, I literally sat there. I was like, if Stone scores on the slap shot, he's going to have more goals than our entire middle six combined. You will. <laughs> I mean, I guess you want to touch on some predictions for game five? Like, what do you think the lineup's going to be like? Um Dude, I do you think- don't know. <laughs> Daryl went with like seven different lines last night. He had no. Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, Dubé, Lindholm, Kachuk, Dubé, Lindholm, Toffoli, Lucic, Yarncroak, Lewis, Lucic, Lewis, Toffoli, Manjapani, Yarncroak, Coleman. Bro was just like, you want your adjustment? Here's your adjustment. Here's seven oh, yeah. different lines. <laughs> yep. I, I guess, yeah, there's not much we can talk about with that because they probably are just going to be uh, um, like a rolling change all game again. And I think we might see him go back to the seven demon. I'm not going to lie. It worked out pretty nice for him. It, it Having worked out, yeah. The play unit is, is I think, something Daryl really likes. I don't know. And he's still got his two big boys, right? He's still got his two shutdown D-man and Zadorov and Branson. So I, I think we could see us going back to seven D-man in game five. Mm-hmm. And I mean, another thing, like, Jamie Ben, bro, like, asks Chuck to fight him. And then he, Chuck turns him down. He comes out. He's like, yeah, he don't want to fight me. He's a smart kid. Yeah, no shit. He knows damn well that oh, yeah. that's not his role. Of course he's going to turn that down. And then Lucic skates over, like, the second this game starts. He's like, you want somebody the, getting me? In the opening face-off dot, before the game even starts, they send Lucic out to take the draw against them. And he goes, you want to fight somebody? Fight me. What does Ben do? Runs away. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I'm good. No, no, no. It's like, okay. I don't know. Um, they were talking about it on one of the posts, and Curtis Gabriel um, commented and said uh, – I think it was one of the posts about Ben's press conference when he said, like, Kachuk's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and Curtis Gabriel commented and said, fight Milan then. And all these kids were, like, attacking Curtis Gabriel. They're like, hey, you're not even in the league anymore. He's like, at least I dropped him with the best of the best. And if you go and watch Curtis Gabriel versus Milan Lucic on YouTube, it is one hell of a fight. Let me tell you that oh. much. Yeah, dude. Like, Curtis Gabriel, I had so much respect for him. I'm like, yeah, he's low-key cheering for the Flames of the series. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Um, and, I mean, I just think the Flames just need to stick to their game. We saw what they're capable of yesterday. Do that. Don't let Dallas drag you into their stupid-ass trap-style formation, whatever the yep. hell that is. Like, I looked at that, and I'm like, that is ridiculous. Like, how do you yep. – Make your living off of playing that way. Like, what? I mean, it's hard to say this when the series is tied, but, like, objectively, you saw last night that the Flames are so much better than the Stars. It's not even funny. When they're actually playing the way they know how to play and not 
getting internally overworked and getting anxious in between the years. Yeah. And Dallas is such a dirty team, man. Like Jamie Ben gets fined for that high stick on Manjapani. He's like poking at him through the net. Yeah. What are you doing? I, I don't know. Even last night, they were really like, there were some times like after the whistle that Vlad Nemestikov, um, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. He needs to have a target on his back here. Um, but I just wanted to touch on these last three games. This series is going to come down to the Flames mind games and mental. Um, th- we know that toughness. they sh- better. They just got to stick to their game. And if they do, we're going to come out on top on the series. I need game five. Like now, like that was just do that. What you did last night, do that tomorrow night and on Friday night. And you yeah. take it on their turf. You say au revoir to American Airlines Center. I don't know why I referenced French there. There's nothing French about Texas. Um, <laughs> get it going, baby. Get it going. We know that that's how they can play. They absolutely showed it. And, I mean, the, again, I missed a line. I said seven lines. We also saw Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman reunited. So make right. eight different four na- formations. I was about to say four nations with an N. Yeah. <laughs> formations. Make that eight different line combinations that Daryl dished out. And he's like, you guys want that for your adjustment? Try writing that in an editorial. Like, yeah, right. Like, kidding. Um, they were unreal five on five, bro. Like 83.22 Corsi four percentage. 83. 76.73 expected goals for five on five. Like the second that line is united, it's like they just Coleman and Backlund are like, thank God we have some people <laughs> that we can work with. Cause I, yeah, <laughs> crazy, yeah. just crazy, man. Oh my goodness. I am so ready. And another thing I want to add, Johnny Goudreau, uh, they touched on this on TSN this morning. Um, he's got the most po- points on the road regular season and playoffs combined by a player in flames history. He's two away from Jerome McGinley. I said, he's got the most, but he's on the list of the most again oh, okay. is at 59 from the 07, 08 season. Johnny's right now at 57. Wow. There's another two point game out of him tomorrow night and it's he'll tie it. And then he could break it. That's all I'm saying. Wow. That's a really interesting stat. I didn't know that that was even measured. Like, I always looked at regular season and playoffs as two completely different things. But, okay, go off Sportsnet. I mean, no, yeah, they get mad when you say that. So, can't say <laughs> that. <laughs> and um, Brady Kachuk last night looked like an absolute animal with his friendship tour T-shirt. He was literally wearing his brother's friendship tour T-shirt. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, uh, there was so much discussion around, like, on if that should be done or not, like, by Brady. But I don't see what the problem is. He's supporting his brother. I mean, he's just going out time at the game. Like, yes, he is the captain of the Ottawa Senators. But still, like, he's just supporting his brother and going out to have a good time because he's not in the playoffs. I, I, I didn't see a big problem with it at all. I mean, his team's not playing. He's in, he's, he's in his offseason right now. He can do whatever the heck he wants. Exactly. It was like the equivalent of a vacation. It's like, what's the difference between <laughs> him watching his brother at the rink and going to like Mexico? Like, yeah, like, like there's no difference. Um, yeah, but Johnny Goudreau, man, like just going to finish this episode off with scores that goal on the penalty shot, 
<laughs> Primary assist with a slot pass to Lindholm. Finished the night with a 77.55 on-ice expected goal share at even strength. Led all skaters in total shot attempts with 11. Scoring chances, 9, and high dangers with 5. Johnny Goudreau literally sat there and said, I genuinely love playing here. I'm going to prove it. Exactly, man. He... He said, I'm winning this hockey game. He does he, he didn't care. He he was winning that one and he took, we needed that. Took it took it in into his hands, dude. That's what game breakers do. Took yep. it into his hands. And I mean, oh, <laughs> just fire me up. <laughs> Let's go. And again, like we converted on the power play last night. Erasmus Anderson finally breaking through. Bro, I literally screamed. I screamed when that went in. I was like, thank God. The five-on was killing me. Like, we wasted so much time on it. And I was like, if we don't score here, I like I might go in the shambles. And then an absolute <laughs> Anderson. We had 75 shot attempts last night. 75. <laughs> this is like scoring chances 38 to 17. High dangers are 20, 20 to 7, 5 on 5. Expected goals for... 70.87. Do that. That's your game. That's what you've been trained to do for through 82 <laughs> games. You did it last night. And another thing, like Ottinger has been pretty damn lucky. I want to say that he's been good because he has been. But when you actually look at it in a vacuum, the whole goal lead narrative. Um, yeah, you could call it goal lead if your finishing ability was there and your high danger scoring chances were there. But to me, like, come on. There was a play last night where Shillington dangles through, tries to go shelf, and then he stops it off a rebound that just so happened to hit him. Like, that was pure luck. That was pure yeah. luck. Closing this off, if the Flames play like that, these next two games, it's over in six. Go Flames, go, baby. Let's go. Yep. Stick to your game. That's all you have to do. Stick you know how to you know how to dominate this team now. Stick to it. That's it. Facts. Don't dip from what you need to do. I'm willing to bet games two and three were literally just internal growing pains. Daryl got whatever the shit was going on in between the ears out of them. Said, come out for game four. We're doing our thing. Tied up. We're back in Calgary tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. Go Flames, go. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, Sea of Red. Raja here with a special announcement. I'm a brand ambassador for SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a mobile app that literally lets you buy tickets in the easiest way possible. I think their tagline is that they take the confusion out of buying tickets. Something like that. Use the promo code CFT to get $20 off of your first SeatGeek order. I'm talking sporting events, concerts. Remember, the promo code is C of T. Share it around, tell your friends, and go Flames Go.